we're in 1 Samuel chapter number 17, and uh, oh my goodness, I go to this story all of the time. I love the story uh, of, in the life of King David. And we're going to talk about David and Goliath today. I want to talk to you, and especially our seniors, all you seniors, listen to me. I'm going to talk to you about being a giant killer. Because you can either be a giant killer or a grasshopper. And I declare to you today that you're giant killers. And I'm just going to give you some points today on how to be a giant killer. What's the characteristics of a giant killer? And uh, we're just going to uh, look at some things and it'll be blessed. But uh, I'm going to read you a couple of verses. I'm going to read you the whole story. I'm going to just kind of tell you as we go along. But uh, let's look, look at verse 3. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 3. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Goliath was about nine feet tall. How many has ever met anybody nine feet tall? Pretty good-sized guy. And... Uh, uh, he had a, it, it describes his, his helmet of brass, his armored coat of mail. His coat weighed uh, 5,000 shekels of brass. He had uh, greaves of brass upon his legs and target of brass between his shoulders. He had a staff in his hand and a spear. The head of his spear weighed 15 pounds. Now, this was a big guy. You know, sometimes in life, your enemies will come big. You, you know, you're not always fighting little battles. Sometimes there's a big battle to fight. But you know what? We can win the big battles the same way we win the little battles. And so we can just glean some things from David and uh, look at his life. So the first thing we want to talk about is David was self-disciplined. He took his... Uh, uh, Influence are his from the ant. The Bible talks about the ant, how that uh, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which have no guide or overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. You know, I know young people and teenagers, they especially, I can't wait till I grow up. I can't wait till I turn 18. I can't wait till, and nobody tell me what to do. So get up, get on your own, get out there. And all of a sudden you'll go to the cupboard and you'll open it and go, why is there no food here? You go in the bathroom and go, where's the toilet paper? I thought that just went with the house. Why am I all my clothes dirty? You see, because somebody has to do that stuff. And we've got to learn and we've got to understand that when we get older, we get on our own and we get out there, you've got to learn to be self-disciplined. You've got to know that if I'm going to have a future, I've got to work hard today. You've got to be willing to do today what others won't so that you'll have tomorrow what others don't. Everybody wants to play and party and have fun and nobody wants to uh, put in the work, but then they want to have. See, that's why young people are going so in debt. That's why, I mean, my kids, they get them all the time. They get credit cards in the mail constantly. They don't know it because we throw them away. <laughs> my son's 22 years old. I still throw him in the trash. He don't need one of those things. 
They're trying to get young people in debt. Why? Because kids, they look at mom and daddy and they see what they've worked hard for 30 and 40 years to accomplish and they want it. I want it all right now. And so they just go into huge debt and there's no self-discipline. There's no denying themselves. There's no finding something you want and then saving the money and putting it back until you have enough and going and paying cash. You know, we don't hardly know what that is anymore. We don't like delayed gratification. I want it now. And I worry about paying for it later. Well, then it just grows. We've got to, you've got to learn David was self-disciplined. He got that uh, out there in the field as he began to tend the sheep, as he began to do the small jobs, the little menial things. You think, well, that's no big deal. Nobody just watching a bunch of dumb sheep. Listen, you've got whatever you do, whatever chores you have, whatever your job is, and this never changes. As you get older, you have a job. You need to learn to do your job to the very best of your ability. Don't say, well, this is it's, you know, really no big deal. Anybody can do it. It's just, listen, you make sure that if your little part of that whole process, make sure it's done the very best. Be self-disciplined and learn how to do the best with what you have and what you can. Can I get an Amen. If you're going to stand here, you've got to learn. You, if you're going to slay giants in your life, you've got to learn to be self-disciplined. You've got to learn to have a purpose. David was driven by purpose. He knew that he had something bigger and better in store than just watching sheep. But he used that time wisely. As you begin to birth a purpose, as you begin to see and cultivate your ability, as he got out there, he began to say, you know what, if I'm going to watch these sheep, then I've got to do it good. If I'm going to do that, they're going to be enemies. So I better learn how to use this little slingshot. And so every day he practiced and he practiced and he practiced. He didn't know what was coming. He just knew that there was dangers and he needed to do his best. While he was out there, he learned how to play the harp. And he would play and he would sing. He had no idea that one day he'd be playing and singing for the king. He had no idea. He just knew. See, you're a, the Bible says that your talent will make room for you. Your talent will make room for you. See, if you're never willing to practice, you don't want to practice alone. You don't want to get in there and play chopsticks. And you don't want to go through the time to learn the guitar. And, I mean, your fingers get all blistered and bleed and you, you're not willing to play long enough to get calluses. You're never going to be good enough to play before kings. But if you will put in the time and put in the practice and you'll I mean, be diligent and you'll have a purpose and you'll not give up, then your talent will make room for you in the future. David had a purpose and he worked hard at it. He knew how to handle criticism. Oh, that's something you just got to learn. You just got to learn in life. I mean, as Pastor Leah said, you're going to always have bullies. They're not just in elementary school or junior high or high school. Everywhere you go, there's always somebody that wants to kind of push you around. David learned how to handle criticism even when it came from family. When his brother tried to criticize him and speak negative to him, the Bible says he just said, what have I done? And turned to another. He learned to have selective hearing. You need to learn how to listen to those who encourage you and push you toward your dream. And those who try to distract you and pull you away, you need to learn just to tune them out. 
Because, see, David had a purpose. Here David is out tending these sheep. I'll just tell you the story. And uh, there was a war broke out between Israel and the Philistines. It, it, they're on one side, Israel's on the other side, and there's a valley. There's always going to be good and evil. There's always going to be a fight. There's always going to have to, you're going to have to choose sides. You're either on the Lord's side or you're not. You're either serving the Lord or you're serving the devil. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. I mean, there, we, people say, well, oh, it's not that simple. Yes, it is. In life, you're going to have to make choices which side you're going to be on. So here they are. They're on both sides, different sides. And Goliath comes out every day nine feet tall and says, send me somebody to fight. If I win, you're all our slaves. If you win, we're your slaves. But nobody would go fight him. I mean, nobody was, there was a guy out there to fight that nine-foot guy. He was a man of war. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Well, one day, uh, David's daddy uh, loaded him up some bread and some cheese and uh, some pepperoni. He was the first pizza delivery guy. And uh, he said, go, go deliver this up to the front. So David, okay, there was no pepperoni. But there was some other stuff. And so he gathered it all up, and he went up there, and he's, he's, you know, his brothers are there, and he's taking him some stuff, and all of a sudden, here comes Goliath. And David hears this rant and this rave, and he says, what's going on? And he looks around and sees everybody running and hiding, and he's like, what's going on? And they said, well, this guy comes out every day, and if anybody fights him and wins, you know, the, they're going to get all this, they're going to have to pay any taxes, get the king's daughter, blah, blah, blah. And David was like, I'll do it. Oh, his brother got so mad. Boy, why you just come up here trying to stick your nose in people's business? And I mean, he, he, he really got down and criticized him. But David just turned and, and asked somebody else. And then David said, is there not a cause? See, guys, you've got to find a cause worth fighting for. You've got to have a cause worth dying for. If you're not living for something that's worth dying for, it's not really worth living for. Most of the things that we do, most of the things that we support don't amount to anything. Make sure that what you're pouring your life into, as Pastor Leah said, seek first the kingdom of God. Because that's where your treasure is. We're building an eternity. Heaven, I mean, earth is just our preparation ground. We're going to live forever somewhere. So you've got to make sure that what you're doing down here is going to determine where you spend your eternity, whether it's good or evil. So you've got to learn to, to handle criticism when people talk about you, be able to look over it. When people say you can't do it, amen, you know what? Find somebody that says you can. When somebody says no, find somebody that says yes. Huh? David just kept asking and kept asking until somebody told him what was up. And he said, well, I'll just go, I'll just go talk to the king then. Well, listen, he, David connected himself with something greater than himself. He said, look, who is this guy that is defiling the armies of the Most High God? You see, we are part of the army of God. We are the children of the Most High God. Amen. We're just not some little nobody in the speck of eternity. Amen. We are a part of a big family. Amen. The Christians, the power, the, the life, the, 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 the lineage of Jesus. We are the heirs and the joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. We have an eternity. We have a place called heaven that God's going to prepare. And he is coming back. 
to get us. That where he is, we may be also. We're a part of something big. You've got to find a cause and get in it. Connect to something bigger than yourself. It's not, oh, let me tell these seniors this. You're not going to believe it. It's not all about you. You just wait till you get to college, you'll find that out. It's not all about you. You know, in high school, how your teachers come to you and, do, do you have your homework, sweetie? Now, remember, next week, you got to turn in your paper. You get to college, they hand you a syllabus. They say, here it is. Here's everything that's due. Here's when it's due. That's it. You show up about six, eight weeks later at the end of the course. And the teacher steps up and says, hey, everybody turn in your term paper. And you go, uh, I didn't know. And she goes, I gave you a syllabus at the first day. Tough luck, zero, fail. Thank you for paying me your money. You can go pay and retake it. They, listen, you, they don't care. It's different. You got to grow up. It's the real world. And then you grow up a little bit more. And then you get a real job. And then you get married. And then you have kids. And it just keeps getting better and better. I said better and better. It does. You get wiser and wiser knowing that you were dumber and dumber. You look back and go, man, if all I had to do was a little homework, that would be awesome. David knew how to speak up. Everybody say, speak up. You got to learn how to speak up. First of all, David knew how to speak up for himself. His men, they, they had a big battle and the, the, the enemy came and taken away all their wives and their kids and all their stuff. And they were all upset and they wanted to kill David. They wanted to stone him. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel 36, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to speak up to yourself. Sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to say, hey, you, you got to do better. You got to step it up. You got to do what's right. You got to look in the mirror and say, hey, you're a child of the Most High God. You're a daughter of God. You're better than that. You can't do that. You can't go there. You can't be that. And you got to talk to yourself. You got to step up and speak up. You got to learn to speak up to your superiors and learn how to not allow people to run over you. And, you, and the deal is, you can do it without being disruptive. You can do it without being uh, rude. I had a class there at TJC, and uh, me and the teacher, we had a good relationship. I didn't believe half the stuff she said. And so I would, I would say it. She would say something, i go, I don't believe that. And <laughs> so finally she said, preacher, if, I tell you what, she said, if you will just let me teach, I'll give you the last couple minutes of the class, and you can rebut whatever you want to. So, okay. And so I would keep my mouth shut, and at the end, I'd go down, I don't believe that, and I don't believe that. And, you know, she, she, was a, she was a great teacher, but she just had a lot of weird views. She wasn't a Christian. She didn't believe in the Bible. She, didn't, she believed self-fulfilling prophecy and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, but there was, there was a way that you can speak up and give your opinion and state your beliefs without being offensive, without being rude, but you don't just have to sit back and let people put all of their junk on you and have to fall for it. Amen? 
And more and more in this day as Christians, we've got to stand up and say, I don't believe that. The Bible says, and we'd have to know what the Bible says. He knew how to address a problem. So what we, we, so many times we don't know how to address a problem. We, 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 we haven't dealt. Your parents have taken care of all the problems, pretty much. Uh, parents, we need to do better about letting our kids address the problems. Don't get your kids out of all the trouble. Sometimes, let them get in the trouble and let them pay the consequences for it. Don't always bail them out. Don't always pay the fines. Huh? My kids learned. I mean, you're, you're, you're grown. You're old enough to drive a car. You drive it too fast, you get a ticket. You pay it yourself. I'm not paying your ticket because you broke the law. Huh? We, we, you've got to teach your kids that there's consequences to actually learn how to address the problem. He didn't waste time talking about the size of Goliath. Amen. He spent his time talking about how big God was. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, you're going to face mountains in your life, and mountains have mouths. How many of those the devil will talk back to you? Your problem will talk to you. Your money talks. Anybody's money talks? Mine does. It says bye. <laughs> All the time. See ya. Your problem will talk to you, and it'll tell you, I'm bigger than you. I'm greater than you. You can't do nothing about me. But the Bible declares in Matthew 11, I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe, amen, it shall come to pass, whatever he saith. I'm telling you, when you begin to speak to your mountain, you begin to talk to your problem, you've got to learn to address it and declare the word to it and refuse to be defined by other people. David didn't allow his daddy to define him. No, I'm not. I'm more than just a shepherd. His brothers, oh boy, you need to go back to those sheep. He went to the king, you're just a kid. Oh, but listen, he didn't allow other people to define him. He knew who he was. He knew what God had put in his heart. And he knew what he could do because God was for him. And he knew if God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? So, you know, he, the story, he, he goes into Saul and he tells him, I want to fight the giant. And the Saul, king says, okay. And he said, but you need, some, you need some, some armor. And so he puts on his helmet, he puts on his armor, and puts on all of his stuff and his sword. And it's so heavy. David's just a kid. He's probably 16, 17 years old, something like that. Maybe a little older, a little younger. Not exactly sure. But he couldn't walk. He's like, I, I, I can't do this. He said, I haven't proven this. In other words, I haven't grown into this. I, I don't know how to you. I've not perfected. Don't let other people uh, try to force you into their mold. Be who you are. Be who God created you to be. Do what you know how to do. And so David said, I can't do this. He took all that armor off. He picked his staff back up. He got his slingshot. He got his bag. And he went down and he picked up five smooth stones. Why five? Well, some people say it was for Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Maybe so. But I also know Goliath had four brothers. So David went out prepared to kill all of them. I'm not just going to take out Goliath. I'll take out the whole family. I'm, I'm ready. 
He, he was serious about this thing. But he went in and he put his rocks in his bag and out he went, determined that he could do. Now, here's the deal. David had co- collected some trophies along the way. How many of you young people, y'all have some trophies? You know, you went to school and you got the little uh, ribbon and you got the medal and you got the trophy and you got all those things. And you can look back at it and you can go, wow. You know, remember Oscar? You know, you got those ballet trophies? And those, aren't those, <laughs> just messing with him. You got those things, you know, for soccer and for all this. And you're like, yeah, I remember that time I did this. And I remember, and David, he had those trophies. He said, he said, King, I'm going to tell you something. I got this lion head hanging on my wall. And I got this bear rug on my floor. Because that lion and bear tried to come out and, and get my sheep. And I tore them up. And I'll do the same thing to that Philistine. God was with me then. He helped me win the little battle. You've got to remember the battles that you have fought and won in the past. Sometimes we forget that God has brought us through some stuff. We forget that God is on our side. We forget that we have come through some stuff. And when we face a new battle, it's like God's never done nothing for us. The children of Israel did that. They came through the Red Sea. They came through this and that. And then they would get hungry and they totally forgot God had ever done anything. And they'd just start crying, we're going to die. God's like, did I not just provide water and do this and this, open the Red Sea? But we forget about the great victories of the past. David knew that the battle was the Lord's. I love that song that says, the, the battle's not mine, said little David. Lord, it's thine, I'm in your favor. Listen, we've got to know that God is for us and that we're not fighting alone. And the devil tries to pull us into these battles, amen, trying to get us one-on-one with the devil. Listen, we don't have to fight the devil one-on-one. Jesus has already fought him and defeated him and won. All we got to do is stand in faith and resist the devil. Don't get caught up in those little everyday battles. Amen, stop letting the devil just run all over you and stand your ground and rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. Can I get an amen? Well, David didn't back down when the problem stood up. You get that? David didn't back down when the problem stood up. I just want to read you this one verse, uh, 17, chapter 40, chapter 17, verse 48. Listen to this. And it came to pass when the Philistine rose, arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. When the, he didn't sit down when the devil stood up. You know, we can talk a lot of stuff when the enemy's sitting down. Huh? Yeah, you talk a lot of junk when people's in the other car. <laughs> Saw this little video on Facebook. And it's talking about you never know who's in another car, you know. And windows were tinted. And this guy come out and pulled out in front of him. And, you know, he got all mad, got up on him, started honking and pulled in front of him and cut him off and jumped out of the car. You know, and he was like, whoa. And then out stepped this guy, stepped up real big as Evander Holyfield. And the guy's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Woo! Yeah. You start backpedaling when you figure out who's in the other car. As long as the devil's seat, as long as he's over there, as long as he's fine, we're talking all this junk. But when he stands up, when the Philistines stood up and started coming, David didn't turn and run. 
David wasn't a coward. He didn't, amen, start backpedaling. No, the Bible says he started running toward him. Learn to face your problems head on. Pastor Elias already said that. Face it head on. Go head first. Think first, then act. He qualified himself. David had confidence in his weapons. He knew, you know what? I, I, I've used this thing. I've, I've knocked birds out of trees. I've, I've hit cans or whatever he shot at. Probably no cans. It was bottles, Coke bottles. <laughs> whatever he was out there throwing at. But he was confident that I know I can hit what I aim at. See, young people, you've got to learn. You've got to practice and know that when I set my aim for something, I can hit it. I can do it. I have confidence. I've qualified myself. David understood the power of covenant. David had a covenant. He knew about God's covenant with Israel. He knew that God said, if you do this, I'll do that. And David knew that if I'll do my part, God will do his part. He knew that God was a covenant God. And if you come into relationship with God and you do your part, God will always do his part. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. David knew the power of praise. He knew in Psalms 34, 1, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He knew in Psalm 104, 33, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to God while I have my being. In 34, 3, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. In Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God in a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify means to enlarge, make greater, increase. Amen. David knew. He already started as a teenager. He didn't magnify Goliath. He magnified God. Don't magnify your problem. Magnify the solution. Don't talk to the mountain. Don't talk to God about your mountain. Go talk to the mountain about your God. And say, remove and be cast in the sea. And God will do it. Amen? Learn how to praise and lift up the name of Jesus. Last point. David knew this. I'm learning. As a pastor, I'm learning how to finish. (laughs) Somebody said, I wish he'd learned sooner. With a sling and a stone. Here come Goliath. And Goliath said, what am I, a dog? That you send a boy out here to fight me? He said, boy, I'm going to feed you to the birds, to the fowls. And David said, you come at me with a sword and a spear. But I come at you with a little slingshot. No. No. See, David wasn't trusting in anything he had in himself. David said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, whom you've defied. you done it now, buddy. You talked about God. And you got on our bad side. And now God's going to show you who 
is all powerful. And David ran at him. That stone, he was slinging it. And David said, you know what? I didn't just start this job. I wasn't just talking a good talk. I wasn't just going around telling everybody, bragging what I'm going to do. I didn't just go try to make myself a name. I came here to do something. I said I was going to do it. And I'm here to finish the job. And David, amen, ran at him. And all of a sudden, he let that stone go. And that man is covered from head to toe with armor. Except right between his eyes is a little open spot. And God got it, that rock right there, hit him right between the eyes. And that's the day the lights went out in Georgia. (laughs) All of a sudden, Goliath came tumbling down. Now, I don't know that that rock killed him. It sure knocked him unconscious for a few moments. Might have gave him a little brain damage. But David said, we're just not going to take any chances. See, when you have your enemy down, you've got to learn how to finish the job. All of you young people, all you teenagers, everybody, everybody wants to know in life, everybody wants to know, how do you get ahead? I want to, how do you get ahead in life? How many wants to know how you get ahead in life? David continued to run toward Goliath. Goliath has now fallen down. And David runs up to him, reaches down in his scalpel, and slides out this huge sword as big as he is. And the Bible says he stands up on top of him. The guy is nine foot tall, and David stands up on him. And with one swift motion, takes his head off. He reaches down and picks it up and says, this is how you get ahead. (laughs) Took that head back to Jerusalem. Well, you know the story. All of a sudden, the whole army of the Philistines saw their champion is dead and they begin to flee. Then all the armies of Israel say, hey, let's join the fight. And they just run chasing them. They chase them off and then they come back and get all the spoil from their tents and all their stuff. That day, David was elevated. You see, David had been anointed. David had been anointed to be king. While he was out there tending those sheep, Samuel came and said, I'm looking for somebody that's going to be the next king. And they lined all the brothers up and he said, no, it's none of them. He said, you have any more? And he said, well, I got one, but he's just a little punk. He's out there keeping those sheep. He said, go get him. And when he came in, God said, that's him. That's him. Samuel anointed him to be king. Samuel, David knew. He had learned how to take care of the sheep. He learned how to do it right. He learned to be obedient to his parents. He learned how to work hard. He learned how to not back down. He learned how to trust God. And he knew how to finish. God declared it. Listen, it's better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You hear that? That's good wisdom. Ecclesiastes. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. Matthew, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Hebrews 3, but Christ the Son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope until the end. Did you know God's a finisher? Genesis 2, 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were 
finished and all the host of them. God just get in the middle and quit. Learn to finish something you start. Jesus was a finisher. John 19, 30, when Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the goal. David was a finisher. He knew how to complete what he started. And he encouraged his son, Solomon, to be a finisher in First Chronicles. And David said to Solomon, be strong, be of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. You know why kids don't finish stuff? Because they never saw mom and dad finish nothing. Let's learn to finish what we start. Paul was a finisher. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Nehemiah was a finisher. So the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month. Moses was a finisher. Exodus 40 and he reared up the cord round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. You say, Pastor, why, why are you telling us all that? Because I'm here to tell you, it's not quite as important how you started as how you finish. Maybe you started slow, but you can finish strong. Maybe you started off like a rocket, but then you burned out. Maybe you started out like a turtle. But if you'll just keep going, if you'll finish, you're just as finished as the rabbit. Huh? You can win. People get sidetracked. They just get going here and there, and they forget even what they were doing. Learn to finish. You may start slow, but finish strong. A good runner knows any long-distance runners in the house. <laughs> Anybody that can just run from here to the table? <laughs> Somebody says, yes, as long distance as I want to run from here to my car. You understand if you run long distances, it's not about a start, fast, finish. It's not about if somebody passes you or not. It's about setting up a good pace and keeping it, enduring. Because little by little, you'll finish. And don't start celebrating too early. Huh? You see all those videos? They're hilarious. I see them all the time. I mean, they're great runners. They're going at this one particular. I've seen it over and over and over and over. He's going. He's running. And he's almost, he's, you know, probably from here to the wall from the finish line. And the, all of a sudden, the crowd is cheering. And he thinks they're cheering for him. And so they're like, he's like, <laughs> what they're cheering for is the guy behind him that's flying and coming up and catching him. So he's all celebrating before he gets to the finish line and slowing down and looking, waving at the crowd. And right at the finish line, the other guy passes him and just by a hair wins. And the look on his face, he can't believe it. Don't celebrate too early. Finish, then celebrate. Get across the goal line. You see those football players that spiked the ball on the one-yard line because they thought they were across? Yeah. Man, hang on to the ball. <laughs> My wife said finish, so I'm going to finish. Tell your neighbor, 
pace yourself. Come on, tell them, say, pace yourself so you can finish strong. Listen. Guess what? I'm finished. (laughs) Don't you want to be a giant killer? Or the children of Israel, when they got ready to go and fight a big battle, they were supposed to go into Jericho, that they sent spies instead, and the report came back, and you know what they said? They said, we saw giants there, and we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. See, they had, they had, they had a poor self-image of themselves, that poor vision of who God was, and it cost them their destiny. If you're not going to be a giant killer, if you're not going to step out there and face your battles and go for what God has for you, then you'll fall back into mediocrity and you'll just be like everybody. You'll just go along with the crowd and you'll be unsuccessful in life. That's not us. Amen? That's why we don't have to spend a long time on that. That's not you. You're a giant killer. You're going to get out there and do it and you're going to finish strong and we're going to all, amen, hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? Well, you started to clap. What, what happened? Let's stand up. Let's stand to our feet today. You're here today and you say, Pastor, man, I want to finish strong. You say, Pastor, I started good, but somewhere in the middle, I kind of got a little off track. Pastor, I, I'm not running the race that I need to be running. I don't feel like I'm a giant killer right now. I'm, I've kind of ran from my problems. I've kind of given up a little bit on my dreams. But I want to be that giant killer. I want to step up and I want to have purpose. And I want to finish strong. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to finish strong, just slip your hand up right where you're at all over this building. Heavenly Father, today, I thank you that across this building today, your children declare, we want to finish strong. Lord, we have failed sometimes in the middle. We started good, but then we allowed circumstances and trials and enemies, and we listened to people's criticisms, and we, 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 we thought, I can't do it. But today, we know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I pray if there's one person here today that is not in right relationship with you. They've given up on their dream. They've given up on their relationship with God. But today, they want to make a new commitment and rededicate their life to the Lord. Or maybe they've never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and confessed their sins and been forgiven. I pray right now that just from the very depths of their heart, they'll just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose again on the third day. You're coming back to get me. And I want to be ready. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins today. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I want to finish strong. I want to be a giant killer. I want to fulfill my destiny. And I declare that I will start today in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen.
Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. All right, Brother Jamie's going to give you a couple of words, and then uh, don't forget, uh, he's going to announce that they're having a bake sale. And I tell you what, I saw them bringing some stuff, some rice pudding and some cookies and all kind of stuff. So stop there, give them a donation for camp, and uh, get you a good dessert. All right, go ahead. All right, so a couple of announcements. Uh, again, next week is baptism service, uh, so make sure you come prepare for that. Uh, also, Manor House, is, uh, the food bank pickup is not this week. It's actually going to be next week, uh, so that will be updated on the bulletin next week. Uh, the Mission Festival is Saturday, June 13th at 6 p.m., so please put that on your calendar uh, so you can come and, and check that out. We also have two summer camps that the youth uh, is going to this year, uh, June 25th through 28th and July 15th through 18th. Uh, as Pastor Samuel said, there's going to be bake sales every Sunday back there, so please uh, stop by every week to help them out. Uh, also, parents, please remember to get your shot records for Discovery Camp uh, before school is out to turn in with the application. Uh, the money is due and the application, uh, so see Sister Christy if you have not turned that in. Okay, due in two weeks, so please see her and pay and fill out the application. Uh, there's free dental work if you haven't seen that in the bulletin if you need. Uh, for anyone who cannot afford dental work, you can actually call the number in the bulletin, uh, and then you can bring in the form to Sister Debbie Pretty and give it to her to schedule your appointment. Uh, college and career fundraiser, like Brother Cody mentioned, is June 13th, so you can sign up at the back if you'd like them to come help you with that. And then we have a few birthdays and anniversaries this week. Uh, happy birthday on the 1st uh, to Janella Cornstubble and David Balch. Also to Bailey Rogers and Jose Cervantes on the 4th. And happy anniversary to Benny and uh, Elia Angelo and uh, William and Debbie Pate this week as well. So please give them a round of applause. Happy birthday and anniversary. And make sure you tell the high school graduates congratulations today as well before you leave. Definitely proud of, proud of those guys. So let us pray. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. He said, put my name upon him and I'll bless him. So Father, right now we just put the name of Jesus upon each person in here. Bless them this week. Keep them safe and bring them back safely next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.